Welcome to the Adamantium Podcast, episode number 84. Welcome back, Adam Antimaniacs. I am your host, Adam R. Harrison. Thank you so much for tuning in today to episode number 84. Our season finale episode. Uh, but worry not, we will be back in about a month's time, give or take, in the year 2020 with season number three, which is pretty hard to believe that it was two years ago. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, I think I might try and start a podcast. And here we are. 84 episodes later, with guests that I never thought I'd even meet, let alone be a part of a project that I started, and made friends with people I never thought I'd be friends with. It has been an absolutely wonderful and rewarding and just incredible experience so far. And I cannot wait to see what happens in 2020 with season number three. And we've already got a few plans and ideas cooked up for season number three, so I hope that you guys will tune in again. And on this note, I would like to take the opportunity to thank a few people, starting with the 84 guests that have been on the podcast. Uh, actually, it's more than 84 because some episodes have more than one person. It's, it's definitely over 100. But thank you to those guests for taking some time out of your busy schedules to have a chat with me. Thank you to the publicists that I've worked with. You know, I do most of the podcast work myself, but anything... Any major project, anything worth building cannot be done alone. It takes a team, and many of the best and coolest episodes would not have been possible without the help of publicist teams, managers, uh, agents, business associates, marketing people, you name it. Thank you guys all so much for making each and every episode possible. And of course, most importantly, Thank you to you guys, the listeners, for tuning in. Whether you are a regular listener of the Adamantium podcast and tune into every episode, or whether you just tuned in once to hear a guest of interest, every single listen matters and is appreciated by myself. Whether you tuned into an episode that has thousands of listens or one that only has 50 listens, each episode has a special place in my heart and each listen really does count. And so thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in. From the bottom of my heart, thank you. And I really do hope that you enjoy the show and will tune in again for season three because I promise we have a lot more exciting stuff to come. And so let's get some of the shameless self-promotion out of the way. If you are tuning in for the first time or you don't already, we would love for you to hit that subscribe button on whichever podcast network you choose to get your podcasts. I would also love to hear from you on social media. The Adamantium Podcast is on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You can follow us on Instagram at The Adamantium, on Facebook at The Adamantium Podcast, and on Twitter at Adam R. Harrison. I'll be around this holiday break. Uh, I'm not escaping for New Year's this year. Uh, so I would love to hear from you. You know, Let me know what you like about the podcast, maybe what you don't like or what you think could be better. Tell me what's your favorite episode. I would love to hear that or, or who you would like to hear on the podcast. I always love hearing any kind of feedback from you guys. But right now, let's get into today's episode because how cool is today's episode? And absolutely perfect for the season finale. This is one of those interviews or hangouts that after I was like, did this really just happen? Today's guest is John Rezesnik and Robbie Takak of the Goo Goo Dolls 
right here on the Adamantium Podcast. I still can't believe it. This was such a great experience. Uh, and the guys are so cool. Their interview is fantastic. They really are honest and uh, and open. It's everything that an interviewer wants in an interview. And it was just really cool hanging out with them. The Goo Goo Dolls hold a very special place in my heart because Iris is one of my favorite songs of all time. And not only is it just my, one of my favorites, it's at a very special time in my life. That song came out right as I was kind of developing my own taste in music. You know, that time where, you know, you've, you've been influenced by your parents' music and uh, you're kind of just developing your own taste and acquiring your own favorites. And this was one of the very first songs that I heard that I fell in love with on my own. And the interview actually opens uh, with me telling them the story of my introduction to the Goo Goo Dolls and the song Iris. And I was so excited to share that with them. And now I'm really excited to share it with you guys. Also, the Goo Goo Dolls are my girlfriend's favorite band. So I was able to bring her along as my quote-unquote assistant, uh, which I think made her day and and racked me up a few brownie points at the same time. Uh, But it was just really, really, really nice uh, as well. Anyways, the Goo Goo Dolls recently released their 12th studio album. It's called Miracle Pill. It's excellent. It's what you want from a Goo Goo Dolls album. So definitely, if you haven't heard it already, definitely check it out. The song Miracle Pill is is excellent. It is, it'll definitely make my top 50 list this year, which, side note, you'll be able to find on the Adamantium blog at the end of the year. That's theadamantium.tumblr.com. And so, yeah, we met the guys at the Chorus Building before the show at the Queen Elizabeth Theatre. It was the last show on the tour. It was also the first time I've seen the Goo Goo Dolls, unbelievably. And it was such a great night. Thank you again to the guys, to John and Robbie, for taking the time to hang out with us. All right, should we do the Adamantium Recommends segment? I hate to call it Recommends when it's a very established band. So we'll say it's Adam's favorites. So here are five of my favorite Goo Goo Doll songs. So if you don't know them, then this is a great place to start. And if you do, then we can compare favorites. Some of mine might actually surprise you. Of course, uh, as I mentioned, Iris is one of my favorite songs of all time. So we'll start there. And then, of course, we've got to mention the song Slide. And then my next choice is the song Broadway. And then the next two are the ones that might surprise you. My next favorite song is called Let Love In. And then my last one is actually quite later in their career. It's called So Alive. And there you go, Adam's five favorite Goo Goo Doll songs. Now, I'm sure you guys are sick of hearing just my voice right now, so let's move on into the episode. But before we do, I would love to wish you all a happy holiday season. Whichever holiday that you celebrate, I myself celebrate Christmas. So Merry Christmas to everybody that celebrates Christmas. Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, whatever it is that you celebrate. Enjoy it, take full advantage, enjoy your family, enjoy your friends. Have an awesome New Year's. Have so much fun, but please be safe and responsible. Here's episode number 84 of the Adamantium Podcast with the Goo Goo Dolls. Thank you again for tuning into season two. We will see you in season three in the year 2020. Peace, love, and happiness. Is that in the Buffalo area? No, it's in no, LA. It's in LA. But, oh, well, it's but there was there was another place in Buffalo. Buffalo that we used to go to to basically like, you know, they'd shoo the cows off it. They, <laughs> Bobble links. You play golf. <laughs> Is it like close to Ellicottville or? 
don't even know. Where that is so crazy. That's like the fifth time I've heard Ellicott well, Hill today. Well, Ellicott Hill is where the ski is, man. It's weird. But usually ski hills and golf courses come together. Dude, it's so weird. Like, it keeps coming up, man. It's the weird. Because I tell you, I'm taking my daughter to go tubing for Crazy. Right. Should we right. rock and roll? Sounds, sounds levels are looking good, so we can start. I okay. actually wanted to tell you guys before we even got started. I have a, I mean, I'm sure you've heard a million of them, but I have a first Goo Goo Dolls story for right. myself. Yeah. And the City of Angels soundtrack was the third or fourth CD I ever bought. Oh. And I was about 10 years old when I heard Iris on the radio or Much Music or something. And but the point then, is, we're old. No, no, no. <laughs> well, me too. No. Me too. But, um, you know, back then, if you, you didn't have Spotify or whatever, so if you didn't catch who it was by or whatever, you didn't, you didn't know yeah, who it was by. Right, yeah. So I remember telling my mom, I said, I have, to find, I have to find this song. So my mom took me to about four different record stores. Mm-hmm. I was 10 years old, and I was telling them, I was trying to pick out lyrics that I remembered, and the Dizzy of the Girl hadn't come out yet. Mm-hmm. So they were like, no, nah, I, don't, I don't know that song, don't know that song. So I finally went to one store, record store, in the middle of the mall, and the guy said, well, can you sing it for me? So I started singing. I'm 10 years old, and I'm wow. singing Iris in the middle of the mall. That's a great story. In the middle of the mall. And the guy said, we knew it right away. As soon as I sang the melody, he's like, oh, yeah, that's Iris by the Goo Goo Dolls. And he goes, well, the reason you haven't found it is because it's not, the album's not out yet, right. so you have to buy the City of Angels. Yeah. Wow, wow, that's, that's a cool, really man. cool story. So at 10 years old, I coughed up like six months, six weeks allowance <laughs> to buy, because then CDs were like $30, dollars oh yeah. or whatever. And, and, and I only knew the one song. And you gave an impromptu public performance, I did, too, I did, cool. in the middle of should the Should have given you his employee awesome, discount. <laughs> <I> should have, <laughs> should have. Showing so much heart. Yeah, but uh, at the time, yeah. And I remember, I think, it was the only song I knew on the inside, because it was only the soundtrack. There was a land Morissette song yeah, yeah. it too. was weird because I never thought anything would happen with that song because it was like yeah it was like Peter Gabriel Alanis U2 and we're forgetting some big <coughs> Sarah McLaughlin Sarah McLaughlin yeah, yeah man it's crazy so it was like okay and then the, 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 by far the biggest song that came yes. out of it that was it was that was a big break that, I wonder that movie who had, knew that movie it was like had, Trump winning the presidency yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was like, that no way. Uh, that movie had quite a budget then, I guess. I didn't realize looking back, you two and yeah. those are big names. Yeah. Yeah. And did they all write the song specifically for the movie too, or were they Um I don't know. Yeah, I think sure. I think I, I know Alanis did. You know. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's the other one I remember. Yeah. So that was the other big hit off that yeah. that thing. Peter Gabriel did too. I know that, but well, I don't know about the rest of the album. Well, thank you guys so much for taking some time it's, to do yeah. it. Nice to be here, man. Yeah, very nice to have you here. Um, tonight will actually be the first time I've actually I've been to 300 shows I've never gotten a chance to see wow. you guys I yeah, think it's cool. just been I've been out of town or whatever and uh, so I'm really excited awesome, really excited um, congratulations on Miracle Pill thank you very really, much I've, like album's great thanks uh, I love the song love thank the you. song um, so my first question um, was about the album you know uh, being a band of 30 years 12 albums yeah um, and <coughs> what do you, what kind of achievements do you guys have or goals do you guys have for an album you know this far into a career for a band that's pretty much done it all already what kind of goals do you guys have for an album like Miracle Pill um me as far as I'm I, you know I go I'm just trying to write songs that I still enjoy okay you know in some ways it's really it's it's a little bit easier because I don't I don't have to I don't know I'm just not as concerned about 
You, know? you don't feel that pressure. I, d- I don't feel pressure. In one way, I don't feel any pressure. In another way, I feel a tremendous amount of pressure. More pressure. Yeah, that. you know, but, but uh, you know, I, I, I feel like I'm allowed to experiment more. Okay. You know, and work with lots of different people and really kind of make it like this, this situation where for like six months I can... I can learn more. Mm-hmm. You know, I learn more about how to record an album. I learn more about how to write. You know, and, and um, you know, it's just just interesting. All the all the aspects of, of, of making an album and writing songs. Um, you know, it's it's almost like b- being in school for right. that time. Okay. Yeah. So. That's, yeah. That's what about for yourself, Robbie? Yeah. I mean, I guess this time for me, I I just tried to write a bunch of stuff that I felt like I wouldn't normally write okay and then dial it back you know mm-hmm. until it sounded reasonable okay <laughs> you know like I know some of the demos that I did sounded pretty pretty strange yeah. I, I think probably when I was first playing them for people but you know I think uh, it's just all in the spirit of just moving forward and trying not to repeat yourself I right guess. Yeah. do you find that you can maybe like kick back and just enjoy the ride of being a musician now more or less or um yeah, I mean, I mean, at the, you know, like during the during the process of of making a record, I mm-hmm. mean, I I'm allowed to now because I I, I love to collaborate with people, mm-hmm. you know. It's like I, I mean, I sat in a room for twenty something years all by myself, okay, like just sitting there by myself writing. And um, so, who are some of the people you're collaborating with now? Um, I was working. I, I collaborated with uh, a guy named Sam Hollander, okay. who's a great songwriter, but completely different than the kind of stuff that I do. So it was like it was really fun to work with people that were sort of out of my wheelhouse, and and um, you know, and you bring in an idea on a guitar, jenga 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 jenga. You go, what do you think? And they go, hey. Why don't we try that on a piano? Bang! Oh, and I got this melody. Yeah. And then collaboration at its best is one plus one equals three. Mm-hmm. You know, and when when it doesn't work, it's horrible. <laughs> it's just it's so bad, and you're like you're so uncomfortable. You want to leave the room. Okay. You know, and you're like texting someone, call me and tell me it's an emergency. <laughs> you know, but um, but I think it's I think it's really interesting to do that because people because I have my own filters that everything goes through and yeah. so do they so they they hear what I'm doing in a different way and it provokes a different response and did we was any of that collaboration on Miracle Pill? oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. oh great definitely yeah, yeah. Um, the song Miracle Pill itself I like I noticed confesses a lot of uh a lot of like insecurities and stuff and mm-hmm. things like the the line I pulled out specifically was like all of my ups keep keeping me down. Yeah. So what made you want to put a song like that out there now? Well, you know, it's just sort of sort of an honest assessment of of uh, you know trying to be a human in 2019. You know, mm-hmm. it's like I I I personally feel that there's like a that people even though even though we're all connected through the internet and and we're all supposed to be one big happy family you know maybe it's just in the states but you know no. just, I, I feel like <laughs> I, I feel like this is bizarre sort of backlash against against the whole thing where it's like you know people people are just using it as a weapon like like mm-hmm. the internet's been weaponized mm-hmm. and uh, it's not as much fun as it used to be mm-hmm. you know and, and, and I think I think you know especially you know, young kids, I, I just feel like they're just 
I just get so, I get really pissed off when I like go out to a restaurant, you know, with my, with my wife and my daughter and we're like sitting there and then there's some kids sitting there with an iPad and a set of, mm-hmm. set of headphones on. Because you know, yeah. the parents just don't want to deal with it. Right. Or whatever. And it's like it's become this this tool for raising children. Mm-hmm. And I mean it's like, no, you gotta talk to your kid. You gotta connect with them. You gotta you know, you have to be present. I don't think anyone is totally present anymore. Mm-hmm. Because they're always like looking Concerned at the phone yeah. or, you know, whatever. You mm-hmm. know, and, and it's like to actually sit across a table from somebody and talk to them. Yeah. You know, I think people, I think, I think that's occurring less and less. Mm-hmm. So it's true. I, it, I it agree. Is, but you know, I mean, and it goes against nature, which is, you know, I mean, the nature of human beings is to, is to be pack animals, mm-hmm. you know? And, uh, I think I, you know, in, in, in my world, it's like, I see a room full of people mm-hmm. and they're all singing the words to a song. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, okay, we're all we're all doing this together yeah. in this room, and we're all connecting with each mm-hmm. other. And then we're going to walk out of this room, and we're all going to be like back Does on. Does it the bother phone. you at shows when people are on their phone or recording? Or I'm not going to scold them, right? And no, right. everybody's going to record it's everything, everything yes, you do yes, anyway. Yes, yeah. it's it, like, goes, it goes both ways, though, because right. for every person that does that at your show, there's six, forty, fifty, hundred, people, three thousand more people who just experienced what yeah. happens, man. Yeah. So it's like, you know, and they might say, oh, I got to see this yeah, next exactly. time. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It goes, yeah. It's double edged sword yeah. for mm-hmm. sure. But there, Absolutely. I know there is some like, um, tool. I heard they, there's no phones allowed policy in yeah. their shows at all. Yeah. And I understand but, that. Yeah, for sure. I understand that. Yeah. I, you know, I think one of the things I hate most about iPhones or whatever, you know, the ability you, you know, your phone is everything, a, a camera. It's mm-hmm. like when people stand in front of the stage and turn around and do a selfie oh, with yeah. themselves with you in the background. They're not even watching. I'm like, come yeah. on, man. Yeah. You know, just yeah. yeah. No, even for some. That's that's why I started <clears throat> something like this. And and a lot of times I get asked, oh, can mm-hmm. we can we just do this over the phone? And I'm like, I would love to speak to someone on the phone, mm-hmm. but I'm like, for the purpose of this. I yeah. like the face-to-face yeah, interaction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't get the same kind yeah. of conversation if you're not looking someone Right, else, exactly. So. I mean, yeah. it's weird. It's like you almost got to blame people like, yeah, yeah. for the way they're handling mm-hmm. this fucking awesome technology that we've been yeah. given. It's like, it's like, why are people doing this yeah. with it? It's strange, you know? It's like just human nature to act that way, maybe. Uh, I don't know, you know? It's I, like, mean, I mean, yeah. You know, yeah, like when, you know, things like YouTube first came around, Mm-hmm. It was just I would I would sit there. I used to drink a lot, so it's like I would sit up late at night and just watch videos of skateboarders wiping out you yeah, know, for right. hours because I was like, "This is amazing! Yeah. This is the greatest invention ever." Mm-hmm. And it was just sort of like, "Wait a minute! It's you know, five in the morning." I think it was the introduction of social media that really yeah. became this. I mean, again, it's a double-edged sword. Yeah, there's so many yeah, great things that can happen yeah. out of it, but then there's this ball of negativity that gets thrown around yeah. a lot. I think the ball of negativity gets. Yeah. Is getting bigger. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, and I do. I, I really. I mean, I. You know, I have a couple of teenagers that live with me on and off. You mm-hmm. know, and um, 
I just feel it isolates people. Yeah, for sure. In a for lot sure. of ways. And you know, it's like, hey, I got 5,000 friends. Well, have you, you, have you met any of these people? Right. No. Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. You get tripped. You think everything's one, all right, man. You're sitting in your room. You think everything's okay. The one that then blew you're all my mind was like, growing up, I was a huge video gamer. Mm-hmm. And one of the best things was having your buddies over at your place and like the four of you sure. playing video games together. Yeah. Now, it's like... I'm going to go home so we can play video games together yeah, yeah, yeah. online. Right. And now kids even, a big thing is like they watch other people yes. playing video games online. I was like, blown away by that. Yeah. You <laughs> know what I was really blown away by? Yeah. Was when uh, the thing where there's like the video game guys and they have teams and they play in arenas. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. People, it's huge e-gaming. Oh my it God. It sells out arenas now. It's incredible. Yeah. I'm like blown away by yeah, that. that. It's I mean. amazing. Yeah. Um, so you guys... Grew up across just across the river from yeah. here. So tell me a bit, a little bit about the music scene in Buffalo in the '80s when you guys were starting out. Um, well, like right after I graduated from high school, and, and uh, this was my first year of college, and I met him. I mean, there were a lot of uh, there were a lot of cover bands and that, but there was there were a, there were a couple of places like the Continental, which was. A dance club upstairs and downstairs it was it was like a like a punk rock bar, mm-hmm. you know. And um, but they would let all kinds of bands play there, um, and that was that was really sort of the the the, the epicenter of like like original music in mm-hmm. Buffalo because, you know, there was nothing but cover bars, you know, bars. And if you didn't play covers, you couldn't get a gig in these bars. Gotcha. It's like so, and I was always sort of like, why why would I play cover tunes? Mm-hmm. You know, um, there were probably less than a thousand musicians that played at that place. You know, at any one given time, it's like pretty small community. You know, it wasn't like but a, it was important enormous community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it was important. Yeah. And then you know, and then we decided that we wanted to kind of create our own scene. Mm-hmm. So you know, we had we had uh, a, a friend of ours who was our manager who had had a couple of uh, rich friends. So we would you know we would uh, we would rent like a like an Elks Lodge yeah you know and hire a PA and, and then hang posters up on the telephone poles and yeah. and just get out and you know get everybody to come to the shows yeah. you know and, and then we we created this sort of scene with all these other bands who couldn't find places to do gigs yeah you know um, do you remember do you remember the first song you ever learned to play oh my god it's probably I don't know Probably something like you know Louis Louis or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Somebody teach you the Louis easiest Louis. song they can teach you. Really like taking care of business. Taking care of business. A good Canadian like, song. That was yeah. Smoke yeah. on that, the water. That was like second or third. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. we had, we had the uh, BTO greatest hits record. Yeah. Gotcha. My house gotcha. had to. Mine was yeah. uh, Fly Away by Lenny Kravitz. Oh really? Wow. Because that had this four chord riff. Yeah, yeah but yeah, it, that's yeah. not a very simple song. No. Yeah, that was the first one I learned. Wow. Yeah. First time I picked up a guitar. But yeah. Um, Maybe we should have started like a step up. You know what I mean? Lenny Kravitz I'm didn't sure. exist. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, you did. Song, yeah. well, Actually, he did. I think, he did, I think that was it too because I think that song had also maybe just come out. Yeah, 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 sure. yeah. So it was, it was on the radio thing. and I was like, yeah. Um, you guys must have, I'm sure you guys did a number of gigs in Toronto then too because it's yeah. just across. Do you yeah, remember we, some of the venues you played oh, back yeah, then? There was a place called Ildico's. Okay. Ildico's, which was like like a very scary punk rock bar. Okay. Like the Canadian punk rock guys were always really, first I thought it was kind of ironic, but anyway... But Canadians are supposed to be nice and friendly. No, 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 just like, you know, I mean, 
I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to get into right, it. Right, gotcha. But, okay. um, but uh, yeah, like big scary dudes with mohawks and spiky leather jackets and mm-hmm. just a, a lot of hostility. Where was that? I don't remember what it was. Like the the downtown was. Or? We used to play the Rivoli. The Rivoli, yeah, yeah that's still around. Kamakombo. Yep. We played. Uh, it closed Lee's and then reopened. Lee's Palace, tons of times. Lee's Palace, yeah. Uh, where else, man? We played some big disco one time. Uh, yeah. I don't know. We played tons of places. That's cool. I can't even remember. That's right really now. cool, though. Yeah. It was yeah. fun. It was fun. You know, Toronto was one of the first cities that we ventured out into. Um, yeah. You know, after Buffalo, yeah, and it was and it was great. Wow, oh, yeah, we House. finally yeah, Opera House. House yeah, it's great. still kicking. Yeah. Rivoli's still kicking. Did you do yeah. horseshoe, the Horseshoe, horseshoe Tavern? We played. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. very cool. Yeah. Very cool. And I silver think dollar silver. Uh, they're tearing that down, they or really? maybe it got torn down already. Yeah. They're building a condo over where it used to be. But yeah, that's yeah. most things. The Continental is a cul-de-sac for a hotel. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> does that happen in Buffalo too, or not? Probably not quite as much as here. But. Um, yeah, well, they're not tearing things down. They're sort of like repurposing buildings yeah. and like trying to do a lot of preservation. It wasn't That's part scary. of um, wasn't part of Superstar Car Wash recorded in Mississauga. Yeah. Uh, well, most yeah. of it yeah, was. Most yeah. Of it, yeah. Most yeah. of it was over at yeah. Triumph's recording studio. Triumph's recording yeah, studio. Yeah, Mississauga and uh, Metalworks. Yes. Yeah, yes. that was a great Boys studio. in the bright white sports cars. That was <laughs> yeah, that was, that was awesome, man. Yeah, I just saw somewhere they just. Like played a few songs together like last week or something. Recently, yeah, I heard, yeah. I heard about that yeah. to them. They're all they always play and um, April Wine always yeah, April doing Wine, a few man. shows every summer. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's good. <laughs> I loved that band when I was a kid. Oh yeah, they were like they kicked ass. They'd come, they'd come through town. They would and they would they would play in Buffalo. Yeah, you know, a few times a year. Yeah, and just being able to see them. It's just like they're blowing everything up. Is that Triumph or April Wine? Triumph. Triumph, yeah. Triumph, yeah. They were one that of was the one of the first songs I learned. I laid on the line. Yeah, yeah. Laid laid on the line. yeah. Three chords. Yeah. We used to hear tons of Canadian rock when we were kids. Rush, up in, Tragically Hip. Well, yeah, but like Chilliwack. And, Chilli- yeah, yeah. And uh, who was it? Uh, uh, Helix. Helix. And, yeah, yeah Wyant there. Is Wyant? No, not Wyant. What's the other band that's from up here? Uh, Metal band Coney Hatch. Okay. Yeah, like that. I know it's stuff. crazy like to hear, hear all that music. Yeah, here. my uh, I think my uncle told me like Rush once played his high school. Yeah, and I was like, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. Like, yeah. Yeah, because they used, used to work the Toronto area. Yeah, and they had a hard time originally because they were so different. Yeah. So, very cool. Um, They're still waiting for a girl to show up at one of their. It's <laughs> <laughs> true. Well, well, because I think they probably think the. Everyone thought the singer was a girl. Getty Lee was a girl. <laughs> just heard him for the first what a great time, right? singer, though. What, what an amazing band. Amazing that, band. That they, that they were able to really kind of do everything on their own They sound like eight people, and it's three guys. Yeah. yeah. And, they, and they were, I mean, for the last, I mean, it's got to be close to 50 years. Yeah, yeah. Close. Close. Yeah. I mean, early 70s, right? Yeah. I they, think they're um, done, though, aren't they? Like, they're pretty much... You know what? I saw them a few anymore. years ago, and Getty was having a hard time yeah, hitting some of those high notes. Yeah, yeah. And so he was, like, adapting some of the songs yeah, that were low, yeah. but... Um, and I, I guess think Neil's I heard. having a little bit of trouble, too, I guess. It's like... Oh, yeah. Neil Parrot was? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's... Our that's drummers right. in this weird sort of microcosm of drummers that chat all the time. And yeah. He okay. Told, he told me his arms are... No, yeah, really, eh? Tough, yeah, yeah. That's sad to hear because that's. Could you make I don't know. What a legend. Every night, man. I, what I a can't. legend. He used to have to crawl under his drum set to get inside <laughs> it because it went the whole way. Yeah, around. yeah, all yeah. the way around. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah, that was my choice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to show off. That's it. Um, do you guys remember uh, what day jobs you had back when you guys were first starting? I was a. 
I was a hot dog vendor. Okay. Um, I roasted peanuts okay. in a warehouse. Can you still do that? Uh, well, yeah. You know, roasting peanuts is not difficult. You just fry them. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and then um, I uh, did construction work. Um, I was a bar back. I was a bartender. Um, you know, I, I had, for about three days, I was a telemarketer. Okay. When things yeah. got really bad. Um, you know, just, I would do, do whatever what you had I had to do. I did whatever I had to do to get by. Do you remember yours? Yeah, I, I worked in a flower warehouse. Okay, I delivered apple cider. Wow, um, I, I used to find it fascinating. I used to DJ a lot too. Okay, yeah, yeah like so those rock and roll DJ. Yeah, 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 yeah. The the best I ever heard was, um, you know, do you remember the lowest of the low? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So oh my Hawk- God, I haven't heard those guys in yeah, years. Yeah, I, uh, I had Ron Hawkins on this show, uh-huh. and he told me that he had a job shoveling dead rats out, All of, right. out of a warehouse or out of a power plant or something like that. He somewhere. made that up. Yeah. <laughs> 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 How pretty punk rock. I did, uh, is it, what was the one? The ben Stiller was pretending to be, he was doing an impersonation of Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. And he's like, I had a job. <laughs> Stacking rust in a dirt factory. <laughs> you know? it's like, yeah. yeah. I mean, we, there was, I think the absolute worst job that I ever had was um, I had to take a bus at like three or four o'clock in the morning down to the waterfront in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. And it is so depressing. And, uh, and I was working in this warehouse where they, they packaged Harlequin romance novels. Okay. Do these, these things. So you would get. They would bundle like five or six of these trashy sort of housewife novels. Yeah. And, uh, and they would put a spoon in there. And you had to collect the entire oh, set of gotcha. spoons. And I would jiggle the handles. I was quality control. Okay. It was very depressing. To make sure that they didn't fall out or? Yeah. So okay. that the handle didn't come off the spoon. Gotcha. You know, but it was, uh, it was very depressing. My uncle, my uncle too had, I remember when I was, I must have been a kid. And, uh. He worked in like a his company manufactures pens or something like that, and they were making like lipstick containers. And he brought home duffel bags full of these lipstick containers. Wow! He's like, I'll pay you five dollars a bag, and I had to go through each one and make sure like they didn't come apart or something like Quality that. Quality control. Spent my my weekend engineer. Doing that. Yeah. Did you have to put a sticker I was like, well, on Mom, it? I made fifteen bucks this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> like, That's like twenty four cents an hour. Through, yeah. <laughs> like, like four four hours going through bags of lipstick containers. Wow. So yeah. Wow. So then tell me what it was like, as I always think when you have a massive hit like Iris, 98, Uh, 99, you guys are now like the hottest, one of the hottest bands on the planet. Was life moving a mile a minute? Like, can you remember that time clearly or did it all go by so fast? I I gotta, I really, I, I really, I really have to be honest. I don't, I really didn't have any trouble in my life until I had gotten a little bit of success. Right. That happens to a lot. Yeah. Well, that's what, yeah, when I started, you know, because your options are just, yes. they explode in front of you. Right. And, um, and it's hard. It's, you know, there's a lot of temptation. Right. But what I did was I just sort of, I, I found myself enjoying it for a short period of time. But okay. then I got, when it, it was time to go back to work and I just sort of, I, I started to isolate myself. Right. You know, I started to, you know, I started, it's such a cliche, but you know, started to drink a lot more and kind of was started to isolate myself from people more and more. And, uh, you know, obviously wound up in, a, you know, having a problem, 
but uh, like so many people who do what we do or you know mm-hmm. whatever and it's like you know there's there's a bizarre kind of pressure you know it's like I felt as though I'd won like the lottery and everybody was very excited that I'd won the lottery mm-hmm. and then said do it again right go win the lottery again yeah and and uh and I got scared. I got right. really, really scared. I didn't. Yeah. I, was, I didn't know. I mean, you know. I mean, I grew up on the east side of Buffalo, which yeah. is like, you know, I was actually I was an inner city kid, you know, and um, you know, grew up really poor, and you, you never expect anything like that yeah. to to and now occur you're in, in your the life. Media every second of your life, and yeah, and people start assuming things about you at that time. To every you know, every yeah. day you're probably doing some kind of media. At that time, yeah. And that's I remember, that's why I asked too, like probably yeah. overseas everything and like did it all yeah. just happen so fast that it did. Yeah. It did. And there's a there's a lot of it that yeah, I don't remember. Right. Yeah. You know? It just happens so fast. Yeah. And it's like I mean if things are going well, you're so busy, it's like you don't even have yeah, a, a chance, chance to breathe to and enjoy think it. about yeah. what you're yeah. doing. It's like yeah. It was you like, know, I know. And at the same time, they're like, write more hit songs. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but then, but then, you know, I mean, the, the, the same old thing. I mean, there was, you know, we had a guy who was running the record company who was very, um, he thought he, he thought, he, he didn't know shit about music or okay. writing songs. You know, he was a pencil pusher. Yeah. And, um, you know, and he, I, I don't know, you know, and he, no matter what you brought into the guy, it was just, no, I don't hear it. I don't understand, you know, and like it, you know, and that, that really got to me because, because I, I had always been indulged and, mm-hmm. and, and coddled at the record company. They were always like, Johnny, you're great. Even when we weren't selling records, right? they were like, we're going to get this. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to have a big hit, you know? And uh, we put a few records out and there were no hits, but every record got a little bit bigger. Mm-hmm. And, um, the people who signed us were very, they were like old timers, you right. know, and they, you know, and they were on the way out and the new music business mm. was starting, which was just like, not it, very musical, not right. very, not All having business. very little to do with music. Right. So, you know, I, it was, it was difficult. And then, you know, to, you have to emotionally shake that shit off and just, you know, believe in what you're doing. I, I mean, they make you, yeah, it's, it becomes very difficult to believe mm. in yourself, you mm-hmm. know? I bet, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, tell me, I wanted to ask, because one of the best, um, one of the most epic live performances I've ever seen was that July 4th, <coughs> yeah. 04 gig, hometown gig in Buffalo, yeah. in the pouring rain. Yeah. Can you tell me a little bit about that day, and and um, what, was the, what was the significance of that gig, and then... It was sort of, for me, it felt like a, a bit of validation for, for all the people who, who were not rooting for us that were actually sort of, you know, they're, they're, there's always going to be a group of naysayers, you know. It's like, you know, if you stick your head out of a foxhole, someone's going to shoot at mm-hmm. you. And, um, you know, we had, we had done a lot. And we've, we had accomplished a lot. We were always very proud of where, I was always very proud of where I came from. And, um, you know, and we always were very vocal about how we felt about our hometown. And um, to be able to do a show of that magnitude was mm-hmm. really exciting, and mm-hmm. it, and it felt like vindication, right, to me. Now, the what went on behind the scenes to make that work was yeah. just unbearable. I mean, we were out like begging people to sponsor the show the night before so we could rent enough toilets, right? You know, so 
so we could do it. And uh, so it was logistically, it was a nightmare. Right. But uh, and then you know, and when it started to pour down rain, I was just like, I was like, this is going to be awesome. Okay. You know, so I, knew, had, I knew I knew it was going to be amazing. Gotcha. Okay. You know, and and, and that's what you, that's well, they made a stop for a couple of minutes. Right. And I was like. You know, okay, just they assess the situation. It's like, and then and I'm like, you know what? We're from Buffalo, and it's like if we stop, mm-hmm. these all these people are are going to be disappointed in you. Yeah, because that's not what somebody from Buffalo does. Right. You just keep going. Yeah. Until until all sixty thousand people are electrocuted and right. dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, that's the thing that I think sticks out the most to me when I see that. You know, like that, you go back and look at that. That there's that many people like haven't like it's they're acting as if there's nothing going on right. like there's not, it's not even raining man it it's enhanced, like on each other's shoulders it enhanced sand, the performance and, like, waving than, flags around that's a situation that could go yeah, that yeah. way or the complete opposite it was awesome and for you guys it really went yeah it made it, it made the show what it was almost, yeah it you know? really did it and really did it would have just been another sort of dvd of a show right you know but but the fact that you know you know, it was it was it was that another weather disaster put Buffalo on the map. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, I've been to gigs or festivals where there's like the slightest rain and a whole like in a festival a whole yeah. layer of people get canceled yeah. and it's like sometimes yeah. sometimes they force you to stop though. Right. You know, yeah, I mean like wind or if there's any lightning if there's lightning that was a hefty ten miles away. Yeah. 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 But that no was lightning. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy, man. Uh, Nuts. That must be a pretty fond memory. For you guys, it was interesting because after right as soon as the show was over, we walked into the building and I took my shoes off, and um, I pulled my socks off and I wrung them out. Yeah, and, and somebody stuck a camera in my face and I'm like, yes, you know, yeah, that's one of the I'm most like, yeah, I'm just the like, most memorable parts. And you grab the camera and point it, point it at the audience. The but yeah. when after the show, I, I was like, you know, sometimes God just gives you a break. Yeah, and it felt like yeah. that. Typhoon was a big break for yeah. us. Yeah. Wow. I just saw that you guys just stayed in South America, yeah. including yeah. Rock, and, Rock and Rio, yeah. which is like first like time. One of the most, that was first. I was going to ask. First this is the time. first time you ever did it. And what was that like? Fun, man. Well, it was, yeah. it was really amazing. I've seen, I, I, you know, I mean, it was like, the, I didn't realize that we, you know, I don't know. That we, I mean, we were opening for Bon Jovi. So it was, right. So it was, it was their audience, yeah. you know, and they, they would have been there. Uh, you know, anyway, yeah. if we were there or not. But what was great was that, and John John's always been really good to good to us as a band, and and uh, you know, that was such uh, an enormous opportunity that he gave us. Yeah, and um, and I was really shocked at how many people knew so many songs. Yeah, it was really I've great. I've always seen footage from Rock yeah. and Nate. They were probably singing along to every yeah, song. They don't yeah. even speak English. And <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. crazy. And then, and then, uh, you know, so we're 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 scheduling another tour. To Amazing. Yeah. No, no. So. Okay. Well, just to wrap up, because I know we're running out of time, just tell me what's um, what's your what uh, what song are you enjoying most right now playing live? Uh, it's a song on the album called Autumn Leaves. Okay. And um, it sort of turned into this like extended sort of jam at the end of it gotcha. you know and um and it's, it's really fun it's really fun because you never really do things like that right you know we never really like like stray from the arrangements of songs on the album gotcha um but it's really to me it's really exciting i'm not a very good 
I'm not I'm not a technically a good guitar player. Okay. So I and I and I really enjoy sort of feeling my way around in the dark. Okay. <laughs> like kind of playing and I don't know if it's going to go off the rails or not. Okay. So and when it does it's a little embarrassing, but, you know, you just keep going. It's part of being, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of weird. It's kind of like you feel extra naked, right? you know, when you screw something up on stage, but yeah. it's just like... It happens. Yeah, but it, you know, it forces you to learn it. But, yeah. but uh, um, it's a pretty emotional moment for me every night. I don't know why. It just... It, it has Maybe it's your most vulnerable moment. It's kind of vulnerable moment, not even just because of the guitar playing, but maybe because of what, you know, the, the, the content of the song, the lyrical content gotcha. of the song is just sort of this kind of, uh, kind of a sad goodbye. Okay. You know? Well, I look forward to hearing it tonight, for sure. And for you, cool. Robbie? I love them all equally. E- okay, that's, there's the, <laughs> that's the perfect answer. That's the perfect answer. Well, thank you guys so, so much. Thank you, uh, thank you for man. taking some time. That was really fun, man. Good tonight. questions. Thank you for doing this. The Adamantium. Thank you for tuning in to the Adamantium Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd absolutely love for you to subscribe to us on whichever platform you listen to your podcasts. I'd also love to see you on social media. You can follow on Instagram at The Adamantium, on Facebook at The Adamantium Podcast, and on Twitter at Adam R. Harrison. Thank you again so much for listening.